the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. I just have to share this article that was sent to me, and it may be one of the only times I have read a New York Times article and actually left feeling a warm, fuzzy feeling or at least a little bit better about America. Sorry, New York Times, but in general, well, you like the rest of the media. I don't get that very often. This article that I read is called The Real Divide in America is Between Political Junkies and Everyone Else. It was written by Yana Krupnikov and John Barry Ryan, and it actually published on October 20th in the opinion section of the New York Times. So take it for what it's worth, but if you read it, you're going to see numerous polls cited. You're going to see a research study and some other really in-depth analysis that I thought was really good, and, and it's worth for all of us to just understand and appreciate a little bit. The main premise is that most Americans, most Americans view these two political partisan groups as just nothing more than two camps bickering endlessly and fruitlessly over unimportant issues. That's kind of the perception. Let's take the first stimulus battle, for example. They went back and forth and back and forth. I want this. No, you can't have that, but I have to have this. Well, you can't have that if I don't get this. Whose name's going to go on the stimulus check? That was such a big deal. How dare Donald Trump put his name on the first stimulus check? Nobody puts their name on the stimulus check. Each side trying to claim victory. Republicans win. Donald Trump wins. Democrats win. It never would have got done without the Democrats. They were just going back and forth on unimportant thing. For goodness sake, when it gets to the end of it, who cares? The people were hurting. The people needed to be served. It wasn't for your political party to score points. Enough already. But back to the article. Sorry, got a little bit off track there, but you get the point. Many Americans look at our politicians and they just say, shake their head that it's ridiculous. There is this really commonly held belief that there's a massive gap between the hard left and the hard right. And this is obvious. When we look at the partisans and we see cable news and we see social media and we see all the sources out there, there is no doubt there's partisanship there. But then what's getting drug into the mud between this partisanship is this idea, and it's actually a myth that all Americans are becoming more and more fiercely divided, that the entire country is swept up in this wave of red versus blue and left versus right. It appears, though, that in fact that is not actually true and i find that refreshingly wonderful this article cites that upward of 80 to 85 percent follow politics casually or not really at all and only about 15 to 20 percent of the population follow it closely we'll call them the political junkies or as the article site called them deeply involved individuals of course on the negative side of the of complacency of 80 to 85% of the population 
when it does come time to vote, did they actually invest time to think deeply about their choices they make? Or is it just some spur of the moment on a whim, winging a prayer, or some last second uh, news drop sway their opinion? That wouldn't necessarily good be good. But then again, are hyperpartisans, are they actually making sound, impartial, logical judgments or are they basically goose stepping to the ballot box to do their duty for their party i'm not sure which is actually worse you can debate that at your own leisure in your own home but prior to the age of social media filter bubbles and disinformation i would have thought the deeply involved group would make better choices but as i see the memes i see the nasty online comments i see the partisans on both sides of the aisle I'm not so sure that that is good for America, these hyper-partisan people. However, some of the differences between these deeply involved political junkies compared to those that are only casually or really not following politics all that much, it's striking. So here's a pre-pandemic poll that's cited inside of this article. It said, partisan Republicans... What were they most concerned about? They were most likely to say illegal immigration and drug abuse were the most important problems facing the country. Uh, Hard to remember those pre-pandemic days, but if we do recall, the economy was roaring. Uh, Everything seemed to be on fire, and then all of a sudden the, the bottom dropped out. So it doesn't do any good to look at after the pandemic because that probably would hit number one on both parties' mind. At some level, I would... I would assume so but at that same pre-pandemic poll they looked at less attentive Republicans ones that claim not to be involved or pay that much attention on a day-to-day basis they ranked immigration second to last and they're also what they were concerned about were the deficit and the divisions between the Democrats and Republicans But that didn't, remember, we just had come out of the impeachment time, too. So those that weren't really following politics all that much, they weren't probably really enthralled with that. And so those topics that the less attentive Republicans, they didn't hardly even register. Flip sides to the Democrats, the political junkies, their their main concern was the influence of wealthy donors and interest groups. That was an urgent problem. But less attentive Democrats, they likely named moral decline as the most important problem facing the country. And that problem was not even mentioned by the partisan Democrats at all. So see these gaps? They extend beyond issues to feelings about the other party. These hard partisans are twice as likely as people who pay less attention to politics to say that they would be unhappy if their child married someone of an opposing party. So even look just beyond the issues, but going beyond the party, but into just personal life, look at that, that the partisan would not want their kid to marry someone from the opposing political party that doesn't even register at all for those that are not political junkies. These hard partisans are also much more likely to speak out about their political likes and dislikes. Almost 45% of the people who are deeply involved say they frequently share their views on social media. Almost half of them. In some cases, they do it every single day. 
It's only 11% for those that don't have strong political views. Only 11. To put this in perspective, and they cited a Pew study inside of this article, they found that about 10% of Twitter users are responsible for 97% of all tweets about politics. Let me say that again and let that sink in because it is scary how often cable news and blogs and online articles and journalists are picking up Twitter comments and writing stories about them. But 10% of Twitter users responsible for 97% of all tweets about politics. That is definitely by no means whatsoever a consensus of the country. This gap between the politically indifferent and the hard, loud partisan exacerbates this perception of that there's a, a hopeless division in American politics. Because it's the partisans who are the loudest. It's the partisans that are engaging. You know, when a Democrat imagines a Republican, they're not imagining a co-worker who mostly posts cat pictures and happens to vote it differently. They're most likely imagining a co-worker she had to mute on Facebook is the example they gave in the article because the Trump posts became too hard to bear. This is why I'll say this now. I truly believe any negative comments, retweets that are personal attacks, name calling should stop by anyone and everyone listening to this podcast. Never respond. Only engage with kindness and empathy. Don't like them. Don't follow them. Don't promote anything that is a partisan personal attack on another human being. It is bad for the country. It will never convince anybody to switch to your perception or your your opinion or change political parties when you attack them personally. We see this effect in a study, and this was cited in the article, and there were three political scientists, James Duckman, Samara Klar, and Matthew Levendusky, and they took a group of 3,000 Americans, and they asked them to describe themselves or members of the other party. And so when they had to describe themselves, only 27% of these people said they discuss politics frequently. So from this 27%, a majority of, of them considered themselves moderates. But nearly 70% of those people believe that a typical member of the other party talks about politics incessantly and definitely not moderate. So so those hardcore political junkies that associate with a political party, they consider themselves to be moderates, even though they're the political junkies that are posting almost all the negative partisanship out there. But they consider themselves that. But when they look at the other party, those other people, they're the crazies. They're the ones incessantly talking about it, and they're nowhere near moderate. So the most profound statement in the article that truly captured my attention is this. The author said, quote, For partisans, politics is a morality play, a struggle of good versus evil. But most Americans just see two angry groups of people bickering over issues that may not always seem pressing or important. 
It's that my team or their team, the binary, the win at all costs. The other side is evil. But this is not the majority of the people in this country. Although what we hear and what we see and what we read and what we we are uh, seeing on videos on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, these are the only things that we're being exposed to online. But the reality is that's not America, even though it's sort of giving us the perception it is. In the end, I think so many of us, myself included, we intuitively believe that most people, most of the time, are good, honest, hardworking, want the best for their family, best for their community, and best for their country. They don't think everybody's a racist. They don't think everybody's a misogynist or a sexist. They don't think everybody on the left wants to be a communist. They're a snowflake. They want the country annihilated and destroyed. That's not what most people think most of the time. The ones who tend to think that are the political junkies. Most people simply just don't have the time, the inclination, the interest, or the energy for this tribalistic political back and forth that the hardcore partisans seem to enjoy, and they have, and they fixate on it. I find this absolutely wonderful news. I find it refreshing that the bulk of, of America isn't hyperventilating every second of every day writing angry diatribes on Facebook or sending out mocking memes of people who don't believe like them. This is great news. Yet the question still remains, how can politics better match the opinions of a majority of Americans? As it still seems, both parties are pushing so hard to their ideological extremes, either the left or the right. This world is binary and... Everything becomes political. The national anthem's political. Wearing a mask is political. Going to school or online is political. And the list goes on and on and on. The non-political needs to be constantly on guard for an attack from one side of the, the political junkie or the other for signaling one or the other and sending them off into some wild tangent. Jeez, talk about walking on eggshells when every single word out of one's mouth has to be measured to ensure some political junkie partisan doesn't get triggered over the words you happen to use. It sure would be nice and it would be wonderful if the less partisan voice in the middle was heard and reported on in the news. But let's face it, that would be boring and ratings would suck. Who wants to hear rational and reasonable voices on cable TV and news? We need it loud and over the top. So I doubt that's ever going to happen. Plus, partisan politicians, I don't think they have a good handle on the non-political middle. They don't even, I think one reason is the non-political middle, they don't let their voices be heard all that often. And when they do express themselves, it's not really loud and angry. So what they hear over and over and over again are the extremes. I think just as we can get caught up thinking Twitter is the American opinion, Politicians can think that angry voicemails, emails, and those marching outside their office are the voice of the community, when in fact they're not. 
as I said, the one area where we can and should exercise that middle ground where our voice can be heard is whenever we communicate online. And it is about politics. Use that reasoned, open language, just as you would if you were sitting down and talking to the person face-to-face. And if everyone did this, we could cut the knees out from under a huge amount of that divisive language and tribalism that we see in our social media and online. Or if you just can't say anything nice, just ignore it. If you starve a fire of oxygen, it dies. And if you starve all that negative commentary and those snide, condescending memes, if you don't like them, approve them, give any any, any credit to them, we can kind of minimize that. So the conclusion was absolutely brilliant at the end of this article, and it drives home the point of how completely disconnected all the factions are from each other. You know, on the eve of an election, we're about a week out right now. Partisan Democrats are wondering whether finally all of the idiot Trump supporters will just wake up to the obvious intellectual superiority of the Democratic side and change how they feel about Donald Trump. Meanwhile, the partisan Republicans and Trump supporters wonder if the liberals will finally put America first and decide not to run America into the depths of some socialistic hellhole that they so ignorantly are walking towards and reject that blatantly, obviously corrupt and mentally impaired Joe Biden. Meanwhile, the most regular voters are not paying that much attention to this daily onslaught back and forth. They actually roll their eyes at the hyperbole. They sigh deeply and they say, ah, that's just more politics and can't wait till all this is over. All this crazy partisanship simply turns them off as they go about their daily lives. The more I think about this article and the more I'm talking to you right now, the political junkies, I think are much more dangerous than the less engaged voter. That partisanship, the extremists with the my team, their team mantra, it's breeding too much division in this country. It's far more destructive than it is constructive than those passively engaged Americans. Gives me hope that a cooler head, a more pragmatic decision will be reached with this election on November 3rd. Maybe that's just a pie-in-the-sky dream. I know who I hope will win, but if this article is true, and it seems fairly well-researched, evaluated, and the arguments seem rational, well, then even if my candidate doesn't win, there's still a large segment of the population that is not the hardcore partisan, which would scare me much, much more than that less engaged voter. There's no doubt. Elections have consequences one way or the other, and we pretty much deserve what we get in each and every election. So in the end of it all, if the bulk of the country isn't so divided when they go to cast their vote, I suppose we can find a way through dealing with the 20 to 30 percent of the population that may rant, rave, and act the fool if their candidate doesn't win. At least that's what I hope. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. 
You know, it's always good to just step back and see the forest through the trees. And, and I hope this gives you a little more hope about America instead of this mantra that America is irredeemably divided narrative that we're beat over the head with every single day of the week. Remember, I generally post new podcasts every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click like or follow, you're going to be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.